Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today we'll be discussing the first day of racing at the European Championships in Namur, Belgium. With me here to do that is Issam. Thank you for being here again, Issam. Yes, thank you for having me. Before we get started about the racing, we recommend you watch today's racing as they were really amazing. You can rewatch all the races on GCN Plus and as there's more racing tomorrow, you really need to catch every moment of the action as it's a very spectacular course. You can do that with live, ad-free and zero interruptions on the feed which will show the under-23 women's race and the elite men's race tomorrow. You can also catch all the racing of the fourth round of the USCX series at the really rad festival of cyclocross in Falmouth, Massachusetts. There is just no off-season on GCN Plus because besides the cross action this weekend they will provide you with all the UCI Cyclocross World Cup, Super Prestige, Exact Cross Series and X2O Trophy Series. They will all be live, ad-free and uninterrupted on GCN+. After that, they will show the UCI Track Champions League and 2023 road season. So really, GCN Plus is your ultimate cycling destination. And therefore, we have a special deal for all of our UK, US and Dutch listeners. They can get 25% off an annual GCN Plus subscription by heading to gcn.eu slash cxsocial. So head to gcn.eu slash cxsocial for 25% off your annual GCN Plus subscription. Isam, I hope you tuned in to GCN Plus today to watch the racing. Let's start by discussing the women's race. In our preview, we were talking about Femme van Empel and how maybe only a puncture or a mechanical could stop her. But today it turned out that even a puncture couldn't stop her. Yeah, uh, indeed. I mean, um, at the beginning of the race, it, it looked that Van Ampel was, was going to lead the, the pack and um, control the race. And then obviously uh, problems. She had to uh, actually, she was already passing the, the, the pit zone, had to run back, change bikes, and then had a, a gap of uh, around 30 seconds at the front. We had Cata Blanca Vash uh, and Alfarado. Betsema was also there actually leading them in the beginning while Van Ampel was still behind. Uh, but we could see that especially Alfarado and Vash had a very good day. In between them, we also had the Italian of Sara Casasola who was riding in between. And actually very surprisingly, but for Van Empel, it was basically, uh, you know, she just tried to uh, maintain the gap and, and, and get closer and closer. And she controlled it very well, came all the way to the front. Alfarado was the one that tried to hold on to, to Van Empel, tried very well, but in the end uh, made a mistake. Uh, the gap became two, three, four, five seconds and Van Empel was gone. The strongest definitely won, best of Europe, Van Empel number one. Uh, Alfarado, surprisingly, maybe, very good race on second place and Catablanca um, Vash runs it up in for the third spot. Before we get talking about Alvarado and if it was maybe a bit of a surprise that she ended second here, let's give full credit to Femme van Empel because it was just a, a special performance. It was dominant. The way she was riding around the track, it just looked so easy. I'm still not over the souplesse that she's showing. Up the climbs, it didn't seem to cost her any effort at all. She said surprisingly calm some might have panicked when you have the puncture she remembers wait i'm between the two pit zone flags i can turn around then almost runs into a rider which is always the risk when there is a corner before the pit zone that's really not her fault but she stayed super calm her mechanics almost messed up by coming towards her which they weren't allowed to do because there's assigned pit boxes here they didn't van empel got the new bike and stayed cool she went on and 
unlike Pim Ronhaar in the men's under 23 race, which we'll talk about later, she didn't panic. She didn't go all out to try and close the gap as soon as possible. She was, I think, around 30 seconds down, if I recall correctly. And she just thought, well, I can either go all out, take 20 seconds back and then be completely dead. Or I can take it easy and take 10 seconds every lap. And that's what she did. And the ease with which she did that, it's such a mature ride and such a strong ride. Really the deserved winner, of course, already based off the season. But today's performance just gives extra glance to that. I think, yeah, it was a very mature ride. And like you said, she didn't panic whatsoever. There was, it was super calm the way she, she just ran back, knew that she had to change the bike. The way she closed the gap as well, it, there was no rush in it. She took her time and, and never blew herself up in any way, shape or form. It was just a very constant ride from her. And I think in the end, it was yeah super uh, super super performance from her and in a way also expected we have said it in the preview that big things sh- you know should happen to her if she's going to lose this and it would be a surprise for us and i think that today's performance showed exactly that and even with some mechanical even with a puncture and even with some sort of a a bad situation she you know still is on top and and, and yeah the best yeah, just the best. I don't have more words to describe the race of Femme van Empel. We can be pretty short about it. I think there's more to say about the race of Alvarado. It's not really a course for her here, but the way she was taking the downhill onto the cobbled climb, that was something else. The confidence and the control of the bike, it looked absolutely fantastic and it really kept her in the race. That was my perception, that she was definitely weaker on the uphill, but compensated in this downhill and then on the off-camera by being much stronger technically. So the better technique there really made a difference for her. We saw it with Blanca Vash in the early phases of the race and then in the later phases of the race as well. We saw that she was able to keep up with Van Empel due to that. Then ultimately she makes a crucial mistake or a double mistake, which costs her the connection with Femme van Empel. I don't think this makes any difference in terms of the result, as Femme was just way too strong today. But it was pretty interesting to see the difference in technique and that Alvarado was really sending it down this downhill, full confident, and was therefore able to be able to like battle with the front runners. And that really made the difference for her today compared to a rider like Betsma and Fasch. In my opinion, a bit surprising, as you said, it's not really a course that suits her very well. But like you said, on the technical in the technical section, she was sublime, especially the downhill just before the couple section was very good. And, you know, the confidence that she can that she has going into the descent, not even from time to time, not even unclipping in the pedal. It's it's it's, it's, it's yeah, it's very good and very strong and. That definitely helped her to, 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 to come in second and be ahead of uh, Vashem and, and Betsma, definitely. And I think that that we obviously have seen some improvements from Alvarado in the beginning of the season. Then it was a small dip in a way and we were thinking, well, this is not this is not heading, you know, this is not going well. And for the European Championship, she might be lacking a little bit. But um, yeah, she, she managed to turn it up and um, get a podium. It reminded me somewhat of the race in Waterloo of her. She was riding with a lot of willpower there. And I think today the same willpower was there. She had the 
right mindset and was able to keep pushing until she eventually lost contact. As soon as she lost contact with Van Empel, her head seemed to go down a bit and she knew that it was over. The gap went up from 10 seconds to 20 to 30 super quickly, like in no time. But that's fine. I think that Alvarado is a rider that just benefits from having the ab- ability to sit in the wheel of a rider. It's really easy, or for some, it's easy to focus on the wheel of the rider in front of you and just not let that go. Just insane willpower, I'm not letting that wheel go. If you then lose connection with that wheel in front of you, then it can be over for you pretty quickly. On a course like this, it's a bit harder to follow in the wheel since you need to put out the power. And on a course like Namur, which involves quite some climbing, maybe not as much vertical meters between the highest and lowest point as we had a couple of years ago. But still, it's quite some climbing that needs to be done. And that's something that Alvarado usually struggles with a bit. But on the other hand, in Namur 2019-2020, her best season when she became world champion, she was second here. She won on the Hotond in Ronse. In previous years, the results here weren't as good. Fourth, and I think last year she was fifth or f- sixth. But it's not amazing for her, but it's also not a terrible course. So we shouldn't be too surprised by her being well. But maybe, at least, I thought that she would be fighting for third. And beating Fosh is definitely uh, a big up for her. Yeah, definitely. But I think that Vash herself was also riding very well eh? especially in the beginning of the race even taking some initiative which you know i was like ah just take it a little bit easier but you know in the end she was able to to finish her in third and and get that podium which she totally deserved and it was also from her side a very good race and you know they were just two a little bit better but i think that there were definitely some signs of of the Lars Bohm the partnership that they have and, and the fact that she's training uh, with him as well, you, you could really see that she was a bit more confident in the technical sections and even that downhill on the couples was from time to time she was actually able to just stay on her bike and gain some time and I think that um, it was definitely a very good race from her side. Yeah, she benefits from her mountain biking experience here and Namur is the course that comes closest to mountain biking so to see the number four of the Olympic Games last year do well here is not a surprise it's a course on which she's done super well before I think it was two years ago when she was under 23 she was fighting for a podium here I think she ended fifth then when Honsinger overtook her in the final phases of the race had a pretty similar scenario to today actually now I think about it because in that race she was also doing super well in the early phases and then faded a bit and maybe she took a bit too much initiative there as well and today I think she thought there was an opportunity to maybe take advantage take the advantage of the puncture of Van Van Empel and therefore she thought well I need to go for it now this is a rare opportunity Van Van Empel is 20-25 seconds behind let's utilize on that didn't work in the end and that's fine she tried and it's a pretty good result in the end bronze last year she was devastated after missing out the medal at the european championships now she gets the medal and it's a further continuation which we've seen over the last couple of weeks for vash she planned into this we had a question of one of our listeners if vash was like didn't progress as much as we had expected because last year she won over Reise and then she was the big favorite going on to the Col de Vam. And I said she didn't medal. She did medal. She ended second, but she was super devastated that she didn't win gold. 
which was her big goal after the Overijssel World Cup. So back to the question, in the season two years ago when she just missed out on the world title under 23 and Ostend, and then after last year winning the World Cup in Overijssel and this year not winning a World Cup so far, the question was if we think that the progression of Vash is not what we had hoped from it and if there's any reasoning behind that. Progression is definitely not something that you can plan into detail and I think that um, that's definitely something that you know you can bring over over her as well i think that the progression was uh, in times it was a bit, bit better than 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 at other times i think that you know the transfer to sd works yeah the new environment you have to adjust kind of into that environment as well then you get obviously covid a week before if i had feel or at least in that in in that same week so then you know those things do not really help, uh, but I definitely think that if you just like you focus a little bit less on the results and you just look at the way she's riding and stuff, I think that you can definitely see a progression. Uh, maybe we were hoping for a little bit more, but I think that overall it's it's the progression is is still very good and significant, and I think that you need to give her some time. I think she's only twenty one, so I, I would say just wait this season. And I, I think in the next season we're going to see, you know, an upwards trend in, in, in the progression. And I, I, you know, she's definitely a talent. That talent is not going to disappear. She can do very well on the mountain bike as well. So she, she's super talented in a way. And I think that, 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 that hopefully we can uh, enjoy a lot from her in, in the next coming seasons. The signs that are there shouldn't be worrying because, yes, maybe the performances aren't as good as last year when she also ended fourth at the road world championships, fourth at the mountain bike Olympics. It was really a continuation of what was a breakthrough cross season. And then she went into last cross season and it started off super well, winning in Overijssel, podium in Iowa, podium on the Koppenberg making the same decision as Van Empel did to race with the elites at the European Championships, silver behind the just unbeatable Lucinda Brandt. And then it became a bit less when she made the return in the Christmas period. DNF in Namur, not as great anymore, and then the Monde, Zolder, Baal. And then you said it even in the preview podcast, the road season wasn't that good with SD Works, but it's super normal that these riders have the difference like it's so hard when you have your breakthrough season which you had until the european championships it's so hard when the expectations are suddenly higher and you can't operate in the shadows anymore and to me Vash seems like a rider that can be very sensitive to this i don't know for sure because i haven't asked her about this but to me she makes the impression that she could be very sensitive to this or at least over the season when i spoke her in Oosterwijk, she looked a lot more confident than what I've seen in Tabor as well. I can see growing confidence, better English, and that she's more comfortable. But to me, she seemed very sensitive to maybe the pressure and expectations. And is it then fair to conclude that we had maybe expected more? Maybe, but we shouldn't forget that in Oostend at those World Championships, she was beaten by Femme van Empel and Annick van Alphe. And... Yes, maybe she lost because she took a completely different line in the sand. But if you're beaten by Anik van Alphen, look where Anik van Alphen is now compared to Blanca Vash. There's definitely progression, so let's not get too worried about the future of Vash. She will definitely be one that 
keeps bringing up the fight and the battle for the front places to the Dutch riders. And maybe, who knows, in a couple of years she can make another step towards next season and the season after and she can even challenge Femme van Empel. But for now Femme looks super strong, but let's also not make premature conclusions on the rest of her career based on that. Let's look at our entire top 10 then. Van Empel ahead of Avraal and Vars was what we just discussed. Fourth place for Denise Betsma ahead of Sarah Casasola. Interesting to see her so high up in the top 10. Sixth place for Inger van der Heide ahead of Pauline Ferrand Prevot. Eighth for the Yannick van Alphen we just discussed. Ninth for Marianne Vos and Anna K rounds of the top 10. Let's start by talking about Denise Betsma. Fourth place, do you think she can be satisfied without Issam? No. Um, yeah, it was just, was just not there. Eh? It was... Um it looked promising the first two laps and then it was I don't know it was just gone it was um, it, it just didn't look good and and maybe it was also the form but but yeah it was it was just lacking and um, then it's definitely difficult in a race where you know that, that that a podium is possible and you're then just outside of the podium to just keep yourself motivated and, and keep going I think I think she did well in trying to to keep the gap close to Vash and the gap stayed similar in a way in the last couple of laps but you know it was just for her um a difficult day you know the the, the course itself is is maybe something that she can be doing well but it's also not really something that you can that you can you know say that that is her favorite course or something i think that if there was some sand or dunes then it, then it's a different story but i think just today it was yeah the form wasn't maybe not really there and then uh, the course was also not not the perfect course for her and then you know at the championship you need to make sure that the uh, the, the puzzle pieces are, are, are you know are connected and they all fall into the right place and i think that um, you can conclude that today it was not really her day I do think this should be a course for Betsma. She does good on the climbing courses. We've seen her excel on the Koppenberg and in Namur before. Last year she was second here. But I just think that, as I said in the preseason podcast, the level of women's cross has just increased. And for the riders that were already behind Lucinda Brandt last year, they are unable to make that step. Because if Brandt would be here, it would be fair to say that she would be at least close to the level of Van Empel as we had seen prior to her injury. Betsema last year was usually significantly off Brandt and only occasionally was able to challenge with Brandt. Brandt had a pretty dominant season last year. But if we look at her season this year, instead of consistently being on the podium, she is consistently just off the podium. She has four fourth places in all World Cups, then three third places in the exact cross series, which is already not amazing. Yes, there look to be signs of improvement in terms of form, but it has seemed to reach a plateau and now fourth is definitely not what she wants and not what is kind of expected from her. You expect her to be on the podium, but she's just been passed and I don't know if Betsema is a rider able to find like an extra gear somewhere. We always say that we think she's too nice in the final laps and gets put away too quickly. That We haven't even seen that this year because she's never really been in a fight like that this year. So I don't know. I think... It's definitely not good enough. But on the other hand, last year, when it, with Vorst, we were also saying, well, it's not good enough at the European Championships. And then in Newell, barely a week after, she was fighting for the win. So maybe Denise will surprise us again, Betsema, next weekend. But for now, I don't think it's good enough. 
However, what was way above good enough was Sara Casasola. We mentioned her in our Tabor podcast, but fifth today, that's like something else. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, big surprise, actually. And it, 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 it almost looked like, like she was actually going to be able to... To, to to actually go to to Betsuma or or stay with them, but you know at the end fifth place was really the, the place that she um you know that she ended up in. But I think that yeah, if you would tell me before the race, you know Casasola is going to finish fifth, I'm gonna be like, yeah, you're crazy. I I wouldn't have expected that, and I think that uh, it was definitely the first part of the race was was very strong from her. I think that she can work on the last couple of laps because I think that just the, the the difference between the first couple of laps and then just the drop off in the last couple of laps was a bit too much. But I think that it, it yeah, it, it was definitely a very good race from her. And in my opinion, definitely a surprise. Yeah, like you said, in Tabor, she showed very good signs that she's in good form. And I think that that was just today what we could see, that she's in a very good form, that the shape is there. And I think it's just um, it's definitely something for her that she can, you know, cherish this result and, and move on from, from the European Championships and, you know, try to just um, keep going with the season and look for, for look for those kind of results. Her progression has been remarkable. She's never really done big cross seasons. She usually did pretty limited cross seasons, like limited to the Italian races and then the Worlds. And last year she raced only in Italy, kind of like Persico did before. And this year she's doing like a somewhat proper season with the Swiss races, Tabor World Cup, racing in Italy. And her fifth year is definitely impressive. Whereas last year she was only 22nd at the European Championships on the Vanberg year before in the Ostend on the 23 World Championships, 28th, there was really nothing indicating that she would be able to reach this level of performance. I mean, maybe the 8th and Dubendorf World Championships, which was a muddy course, so more power, but it's still remarkable. Very good result by the Italian, who's still not that old. She's only 22 years old, so definitely good to see her up there and nice to see a different flag up in the front as well. Then let's go to Pauline Ferrand Prevost. That was kind of what we expected in our preview. She should be able to get a top 10, but not a top 5. You you could just de- definitely see that there is so much to improve for her. And I, uh, I'm i looking forward to, to, to that return and, and see how much she still can improve. But it's, you know, it's just for her, I think it's very difficult to come from, from the mountain bike and, and, and go on a discipline that is definitely a discipline where you need the rhythm where you need the feeling with a cross bike is it's just a different uh, it's just it's just different from mountain bike and it's not it's not an easy uh, switch and and I'm I'm going to be racing at the front even with the talent of of a, of a Prevo and I I think that she did quite well um but yeah it's it's just you know small things that 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 can already help her out I think that's um, just just in general it's just I don't know. It, there are some things that she can improve with dismounting the bike, running. Those those are kind of things that you you know that the others are are just way smoother at, and you can already lose there some 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 seconds. I think that the power is is there, the endurance must be there as well. But it's just different discipline. It's it's yeah, it's it's difficult. But I think that 
despite all that, it was quite a quite a performance. And yeah, we're just looking forward to to what she can do uh, and and what the progression will be over the course of this season. Those cross things definitely need to be smoothened up. The dismounting, the technique, it's all a bit rusty, which is perfectly normal if you haven't raced cyclocross properly in, what was it, like five years since she last properly did cross Falkenberg Worlds. So that's definitely something that needs to improve and the form also needs to improve because purely on power, she wasn't up there as well either today. But that's fine. We know she's had a busy season, probably wanted to try some things out here, take a rest and then get going for the Worlds in the Christmas period. So that would be nice to see her up there. But for now, definitely a solid start, better than on the Koppenberg. No chain issues anymore. If we look a bit further, final name in the top 10 I would like to mention is Marianne Voss. Also, this was kind of what we expected. It's maybe a few places below what we had expected in our preview, but we already said it. It's not a course for Voss, too much vertical meters, too much on and off, and it's just not a course for Voss, at least this Voss. I'm interested to see what her form will bring, because that will need to improve towards the Worlds as well, but we'll see. Voss is, I think, putting everything on these World Championships in Hoogerheide. Finally, then Anne-Marie Worst, she DNF today. We have learned that she hit the fences in Maasmechten with her knee. That's why she skipped Koppenberg. And that's also, I assume, the reason why she DNF today, because she was running in the top 10, but I think her knee had too much pain. Well, then still a bit on the men's under 23 race. That was a pretty, well, not weird race, entertaining race, which went back and forth. It was weird to get a sense of it. Apparently on the TV it was super exciting, but on course it didn't really feel exciting, maybe because there were not that many spectators. But Pim Rolnaar had a big lead for a while during the race, around 20 seconds, and it went back and forth towards 8 and then back to 2018, and eventually in the final lap, eventually he apparently had a gearing issue that he couldn't shift gears anymore at least according to the nos he himself said on his instagram that he screwed up in the final half a lap Thibaut nice had a puncture early on in the race came at six seconds from verstringen verstringen was having some absolutely atrocious cornering richa milsa was up there davide toniati was up there it was all back and forth pretty open but at least on site it didn't seem super entertaining but on the tv it apparently was this one on the TV, it definitely was. I mean, I think the one of the crucial points for Rona as well was the beginning of the the race where uh, Nice was was super alert at the start, uh, went went uh, for it and opened opened the gap, uh, or at least you know made sure that it was difficult for the guys behind to come back. And Rona was one of these guys that that didn't have the the best of uh, laps in in the beginning and then had to try and, and come back and I think there he also threw away a lot of, of energy then nice with the puncture and, and then it's a race within a race within a race and um, I think in all of this there was one guy that didn't have all these issues and that was able to just focus on his own race and that was Verstringen I think that Verstringen uh, on a course like this with a lot of climbing we know that that is definitely one of the things that he can do well um, yeah just had no issues whatsoever i think he didn't have a puncture no mechanicals didn't really crash or anything uh, and and yeah just made sure that that he was on the right place had a very good race and in the end um the, yeah you can only say a, a very good winner but i think that uh the way thibault actually came back in the last lap 
that was really strong fastest lap in the last lap i think um maybe there, there was a yeah I, I definitely think that was the fastest lap actually so that just in general from nice a very strong race could have been what could have been with without that puncture but yeah in the end um it was only second for him and he had to settle for that yeah he was very disappointed with that which i can completely understand because without that puncture which he needed to do i think the best of a third of a lap on he was struggling and of course he lost a lot of time and then came back but i think that's maybe the thing that went a bit unnoticed because i was on site i was at the off camber and there was no big screen that you could see there so all of a sudden thibault was there i didn't really have the sense that he was barging through the field it was like oh thibault is back at the front ah nice without the big screens you really miss a lot and the off camber is of course a bit further down if you're there so you don't really hear what the speaker and announcers are saying so that's probably what was key to missing the atmosphere of the race and finding out what was going on but the final lap which i watched on the screen did seem fairly entertaining shame that ron Haar wasn't able to keep his gap i thought he was gone he there was his fan club was there or it was just friends they were shouting at him and they went crazy when he had 20 seconds. They thought he, he had won, and he opened that gap in no time as well. But, well, it's very unfortunate for Pim, and it's really a shame if it was the gearing issue that he couldn't shift. I don't know. On his Instagram, he said he, he just screwed up, but on the NOS, they said he had a shifting issue. So I guess we'll need to find out on that a bit later. But interesting, and I think the Boas Trek Lions riders will be pretty upset about how today packed out but well it is what it is and Verstring is at the same time also a deserved champion last year he really helped the Viseure to get the world title and now he gets the European title I think he can be happy and the Quailon team is also happy because remember back to the team presentation where we were big goal to get at least a continental national and world champion while well, they already have a continental one so they'd only want a national and a world champion still definitely i think they they are super pleased with with a result like this and if you look back at yeah, the last couple of results for the under 23 you know nice and ron Howard were the main favorites and if you can pull it off have a very good race at you're probably one of the most important ones in the season uh, you have the european championships obviously and then the nationals and, and the worlds and you know, if you if you're able to already win one uh, quite early in the season, uh, it's a big relief, I think, for Verstring as well, because now you can go with less stress to 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 the nationals and to the world championships because you already have one jersey. And um, I think for um, for the Baloise Trek Lions, I don't think there is any uh, uh, need for panic because you know they, they, they the form is there for both Nice and Ronard and their their chances will come and, and you know they're phenomenal athletes as well yeah most of the riders that were up front are riders that we've seen in the elite races for Stringer, nice meuse ronhaar michels who was last after lap one and ended seventh Visure with a ninth place on a course that doesn't suit him these are riders we've seen in the elite races and then davide toniatti is able to get himself in the mix for a medal he doesn't get it but it's still a good result and i certainly hope that he is able to stay in cross and get a future in cross so that he can keep going well 
I would love to see that. I would love to see an Italian do well in the future again. And Tognati could just be that rider. So interesting. I think overall some interesting names up there. Doug Rosso also had a very good race where, until he had a puncture. Remy Ledanet also up there with an eighth place. Good to see the the Grange cross team is really doing a good job in developing some Swiss and French riders, giving some a second opportunity. It's working out super well. I'm happy to see that. Then finally, a short mention of the junior women's race. No need to go over the entire race there. It was not broadcasted. On site, I saw an entertaining battle between Laura Molegraaf and Valentina Corvi. Molegraaf eventually took the win in the final lap, but it was at the very, very edge of her skin. It took her everything she had. She won because she was technically much better than Corvi. She could send it in the downhills and was sending it on the off-camber, riding the downhill onto the cobbles. Only Alvarado was probably a bit faster and more confident on that. So yeah, that's really what gave Laura Molegraaf the edge over Valentina Corvi and Xade van Sinai ended third there. Well, Isam, I think that completes our coverage for day one of the European Championships in Namur. does indeed. Looking forward to day two where um, you definitely see we're going to see some action, I guess. Yeah, tomorrow should be an entertaining day again. Thanks everyone for listening. We will be back tomorrow to cover the women's under 23 race and the men's elite race with a bit of touch on the men's junior race as well. Thanks for listening and don't forget about our offer which we mentioned at the beginning of GCN Plus to not miss any action tomorrow. Go to gcn.eu slash cxsocial for 25% off your annual description. Thanks again and goodbye.